your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the Irish Council of Civil Liberties is calling for an end to the Special Criminal Court. The Special Criminal Court, you probably know, it's a court without a jury. And it has been key to securing convictions in cases uh, involving drug barons uh, and indeed gangland crime in Limerick and more. Um, We're joined by Sarah O'Malley, who's a Criminal Justice Policy Officer with the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. Uh, Good morning to you, Sarah. How are you? Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I'm well, thanks. So why um, is uh, the council um, calling, and indeed you've consistently called, for the ending of the non-jury special criminal court? Yeah, so yeah, here at the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, we've been calling for the end of this court, in fact, since it was established in 1972, because it was established in a time of emergency during the Troubles, and that emergency has ended. And since the Good Friday Agreement there is no emergency in this state. And, you know, as we've seen with COVID, once an emergency ends, emergency legislation has to end. So we are calling for the abolition of this court because it doesn't respect fair trial rights. You don't have a jury. So you don't have the same right to remain silent. Um, so we, we say that you could, you could say that there's a presumption of guilt rather than a presumption of innocence before this court, and it needs to be abolished. And it's getting more and more international attention because it's so out of line with normal courts and international standards for, for right. criminal trials. Yeah, I think you should say that because the high-profile US lawyer, um, Nancy Hollander, and known for her work representing torture survivors, uh, including uh, work uh, on Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, uh, the inmates uh, there, and indeed portrayed by Jodie Foster in the Netflix film um, The Mauritanian, and I've, I've seen that, it's a very interesting film. Um, Ms Hollander also worked at the Special Criminal Court, um, and she said... Everyone is entitled to a fair trial, no matter what they stand accused of. If we believe in the justice system at all, then we have to believe it will deliver justice, even in the most difficult of cases. Special courts undermine the justice system, in turn undermining the bedrock of our democratic societies. Isn't there a strong argument that um, you're comparing orange and apples, oranges and apples there, uh, with, with her experience, particularly in the US and Guantanamo and the special criminal court here? Yeah, well, first, I think it's important to note that um, the reason that we chose Nancy to speak particularly is because she, in fact, appeared before the Special Criminal Court in the McKevitt case. So she was a special consultant on that case. So she has uh, she is really well-placed to be able to compare as she has been inside the Special Criminal Court and she's worked not only in Guantanamo Bay but also in the ordinary U.S. courts. And what's interesting about Guantanamo Bay is that there, it was an emergency after 9-11. They set up these military commissions. And as we all know, they've been highly criticized worldwide as they weren't providing fair trial rights. And um, so with, that's where the comparison, uh, that's where we're drawing that comparison, these sort of emergency courts. But where Nancy also can speak, what, what Nancy can also But to be fair, isn't Guantanamo Bay an extreme example? Well, in our view, it's not because it's an, it's an emergency. It's, it's, the same, it's the same thing in that it's an emergency special type of, of court that's set out outside of the ordinary court. So the U.S. government, um, President Bush decided to set up that court in Cuba, so it would be outside of the jurisdiction of the United States, so they could have lesser standards of evidence. And in our view, the yeah, But wasn't it also to do with, it was, it was outside of the constitutional protections of the United States, but the Special Criminal Court is not outside the, the main constitutional protections of the Republic of Ireland. 
Well, because the fact that there's no jury before the Special Criminal Court, in our, in our Constitution it states that everyone has a right to a jury, so we would say that the Special Criminal Court doesn't abide by our Constitution. Sarah O'Malley is talking to his Criminal Justice Policy Officer with the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. Um, now, you know, you're obviously talking to us on Limerick's local radio service, and uh, there are people maybe listening to this show who would have had to endure endless threats against their lives in the run-up to cases um, and may not have seen justice only for the jury-less court of the Special Criminal Court. Yeah, well, what we say to that is that we think that um, we think that the crimes that are being, currently being sent to the Special Criminal Court, that our ordinary courts can deal with those, with those crimes in a fair manner and that our, that our juries are well able and well capable of handling these complex crimes. And if there is a danger or a risk of jury intimidation, that there, there can be special measures. So in, in, in the United States, for example, in their ordinary courts, they have such things as protected juries or, you know, you can anonymize a jury, you can have them um, come in from a video link from a secure location, etc. So there are ways of protecting juries and also making sure that the accused person, who is, you know, innocent until proven guilty, um, that, that they have the protections that other people have when they come before yeah. the court. But don't you come up against the sheer smallness of Ireland, population-wise, country-wise? You know, the United States is obviously a huge country, and maybe it would be more manageable to do some of the things that you've said there than trying to protect juries in these high-profile uh, cases here? Well, I don't think um, Ireland's in any way exceptional in terms of our size. You know, in the United States, they work on a federal basis, so it's state by state. So, for example, in New York State, they've tried over 400 cases for terrorist-related crimes there with juries, and there's been no problem. You know, we're similar size to New Zealand. New Zealand doesn't have a special court for organized crime you know so i think this sort of idea that ireland's some sort of small rural community is, is a bit misleading and and it's, it's not it's not a reason that we shouldn't have juries for these kind of crimes okay so so in your view it needs to end and end now and do you believe that if that were the case and if we ended up with a jury courts again you know central criminal court or whatever that you would based on the testing of evidence and uh, people's rights end up with convictions where convictions were merited. Absolutely. I mean, we see time and time again that, you know, very serious crimes are being tried um, in our ordinary courts and juries do find people guilty of these crimes and we get convictions for serious murders, rapes, etc. So there's no reason to think that juries wouldn't be able to convict for these crimes. I think we have to trust our jury system to trust our criminal justice system. But, but I mean, is there not... A difference, though, Sarah, genuinely, between, you know, a, a murder case um, and, for example, organised crime, where, you know, the, it, it, it's, it's well known that the level of intimidation involved there, including of juries, is significant. Well, in our view, if there is intimidation and if the GPP can prove that there is that there is a risk of intimidation to the jury, then that jury can be protected. There are measures that, that can be taken. Other countries, um, you know, use these measures, anonymizing juries, for example, uh, get, taking, you know, you, you can reduce the amount of jurors that, um, that, you know, for example, now it's, um, you know, there's 12 jurors and, 12, you know, it starts off with an unanimous verdict. But, you know, we could call for a reduced, a reduced number of, um, of jurors who are voting on... So, but, but, so, there's, so there's a bit of a non as to who, who... Right. We're trying to say O'Malley from the Irish Council of Civil Liberties. I suppose, you know, listeners this morning would think two things 
first of all, if I'm on the jury, how long that protection would go on for me. Um, and secondly, if I'm on the jury and I'm threatened or my family is threatened, am I going to be reporting it to anybody? Well, for example, at the Special Criminal Court, there's a witness protection program um, which protects, protects witnesses very thoroughly and not just throughout the trial. It will be an ongoing thing. So we're calling for um, those kind of protections to be introduced for juries, not only for these serious crimes before the Special Criminal Court currently, but for all juries and for all witnesses. Everyone who interacts with the criminal justice system should feel that, they, that the state is going to protect them. So we're calling for... Um, for a reform of how we protect our witnesses and right. introduction of jury protection. But, but I mean, key witnesses, you know, under the Witness Protection Programme, don't they end up having to give up their lives and, and end up in other jurisdictions, for example? Surely we can't suggest that somebody who is going to be a juror on a case for a few weeks or months ends up in a situation where they have to live in, well, New Zealand, as you mentioned earlier, or Australia or somewhere in the States and leave their life behind. I mean, that's just not credible. Well, I think the statistics show uh, in terms of the witness security program, which is currently in force, it actually isn't underpinned by legislation, but I think it should be uh, underpinned by legislation. It should be regulated, but uh, we can look at the the statistics and there are not that many people. It's a very, very, very small percentage of people who would be relocated. And that's more so for, you know, witnesses who'd be very maybe tied up in the circumstances of the case. But for an average juror, we think that simple protections, like, for example, anonymous or maybe less information being given to the defence team, because now the defence might get the juror's name and address. But, you know, that could be very simply changed so the jury own, the jury don't receive any okay. information. Uh, but, but, I mean, will there be claims, though, that the fact that the jury is anonymous is in itself an impediment to a fair trial for the defendant? Um, absolutely, but what we're calling for is not a blankish sort of introduction of anonymous juries for everyone who are charged with these serious crimes. What we're asking for there to be um, an, for the prosecution to show some evidence that there might be a risk of jury intimidation, and only in those circumstances when the prosecution can prove that there's a risk, then these special measures can be taken. But otherwise people should be afforded the normal right, a normal trial with a, a full jury. And finally, Sarah, I mean, how high would the threshold have to be of proof before you'd even get into the special measures that you're talking about if you go for a, non, uh, for a jury court rather than a non-jury special criminal court? Um, yeah, I think it would just have to be, you know, something... The prosecution would just have to point to something because right now people are sent to special... But point to court. something they can <laughs> prove. I mean, that's exceptionally difficult in the context of this sort of intimidation. Yes, but right now there's no threshold and people get sent to the special criminal court with no reasons given to them whatsoever. Well, because so the, the argument is that, that because you don't have a jury, you, there's no risk of jury intimidation at the moment. Yes, but the, the DPP now can send anyone. It's not just even serious crimes or organised crime. It actually could be any crime. So there's been people before the special criminal court charged with you know offences such as tax offences. And the DPP have the power to send anyone they want, they would like to send to the special criminal court. It's easier to get a conviction when there's no jury. And they don't have to give any reasons. They can just say something vague about national but, security. But, but, and but Sarah, isn't that, isn't that a slightly different argument? I mean, on that basis, then, you're talking about narrowing the definition of cases that could go before a non-jury court rather than abolishing it entirely? Well, we want it to be abolished entirely um, and we want all cases to be heard before the ordinary court. And if there is, the threshold doesn't have to be that high, but if there is some risk that the DPP can point to, then we're calling for special measures. But right now, there's no threshold. The DPP don't have to answer to anyone and it's extremely hard to appeal the decision of the DPP to send someone to special criminal court. So there's no transparency whatsoever right now.
All right. Well, listen, thank you very much. Fascinating debate on this uh, this morning. I appreciate your time. That's Sarah O'Malley, Criminal Justice Policy Officer of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties there, repeating their call that the non-jury special criminal court should be abolished. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.